bring your backpack while you climb Stand on one hand and lift Rocks with your special gift Run, 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 jump, now breathe Welcome to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name's Jeremy. Wait a minute. That's not right. My name is Jeremy. My name's also Jeremy. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm featured on this show twice? Yeah. Wow. It's one of those shows. Awesome. Crazy. This show is Jeremy and Jeremy. I can't wait to get down to some serious talking with myself. <laughs> oh, you do this all the time. Don't <laughs> lie to me. N- normally, they would lock you up for something like that. No one knows. No one knows. Well... A little while ago, uh, well, a few weeks ago, I guess, we, we put out a, a thing on Facebook, um, a little late, but, you know, we thought we'd try asking, soliciting some information for, like, some year-end conversations. Um, we didn't get much back. We got a little bit. Well, we got uh, a couple of interesting ideas from Doug Youngblood and Jake Ivey. Yeah. So we got uh, talk about the comic book. Uh, comic movies that came out this year recap the big picture plots from issues covered over the year. If you're following current books, talk about your take on the X-Men relaunch next year. Um, and then the future of X-Men movies, what issues reviewed in 16 were your favorites, and what issues are you looking forward to in 17? So that, that that's that's some stuff to talk about. Uh, but really, for me, Adam, there's, there's really only one thing that, that should be discussed. Uh, Do you want to talk about that? first we don't have to we could we could save that let's knock out the little ones okay all right so what was your favorite issue from this past year i've given this no thought but i think Um, i I think i have an answer actually i i can i can help you out here um this this year uh as i've done before i collected the number of episodes that we did this year so keeping in mind that in 2015, we recorded 30 episodes the previous year, 39, the previous year, 27. How many do you think we did this uh, year, 2016? Uh, I, we, uh, t- 25. We did 29, so you're oh, close. Oh, all right. That's that's you're, better than I thought. You're only one off from last year. And this year, we covered Uncanny X-Men 180 through 195, 16 issues, annual number eight X-Men and Micronauts Limited Series, Magic Limited Series, Secret Wars Limited Series, Kitty Pride and Wolverine Limited Series, X-Men and Alpha Flight Limited Series, Beauty and the Beast Limited Series. And we also talked about um, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, uh, well, so one could argue that we probably covered more issues, like like volume-wise, this year than than last year, right? We sure covered a lot of limited series as... <laughs> So, so if you tally up all those issues and then divide that out, it's probably like fifty episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and it, sure. Look, there were there were some like hour and a half, hour and forty minute episodes that that we yeah, did. that's probably so true. Cut those in half. I mean, for God's sakes, these these guys can just keep going on and on and on. Like, yeah, I got a long drive to work, but Christ, it takes me a whole week to get through this episode. Uh, I got other podcasts I'm listening to. Um, favorite issue for me, it was probably, I, th- I probably even said this, uh, would have been one of the, well, probably the last one we did, which is the Power Pack one. Oh. Yeah. I think mine was probably one of the latter Kitty Pride and Wolverine issues, just partially because I'd never read that series mm-hmm. before. Yeah, uh, those were good. Um, I really, I guess, wish uh, when I was younger as a kid, I would have read them because I probably would have had, well, I would have had some nostalgia for them. Um, But as it stood, kind of reading them in 2016 probably didn't have the same impact as it would have back then. Yeah, that's true. They they were still good. Don't don't get me wrong. What are you looking forward to in 2017? 
issue wise. Yeah. Well, at the rate we're going, we're probably only going to cover like six or six or seven main epi- uh, issues. All right. So uh, we just did one ninety seven. Well, this one ninety seven is in two thousand seventeen. Technically, we're in two thousand seventeen. So two thousand seventeen is probably going to be one ninety six through. You said how many did you say? Six issues. <laughs> Something like so, that. Two oh two. Oh boy. Well, I guess it would have to be if if those are my numbers. If that limited range is my numbers. Uh, I'm going to have to go with issue 200 uh, because I've never read that issue. What? I know, right? Because, and I'll tell you why, in my collection, I've got like a smattering. I've got like 192 and 195 and 196, 97, 199, 201, blah, blah, blah. I've got like all these little issues from 150 on up. I've got just, just, I don't know, maybe 40% of the issues between 150 and 200. Uh, And then from 201 up to like 300, I have like all of them. So I've read 201 and up numerous times. And then I've read my little smattering also numerous times and kind of filled in the gaps with what I thought had happened or, or whatever the editors wrote in the little asterisk. And for whatever reason, 200, uh, I, I never got my hands on it. So, and then I, I'll, I also am looking forward to 200, but I have read it. And <laughs> that's part of the reason why. Oh, okay. I, if I flip through it, it looks very interesting. So, um, th- that's good. I'm also kind of looking forward to, uh, and I'm sure we'll get, I'm, I'm hoping we get beyond 202. I, I would hope that we could make it to like the mutant massacre in 2017. But well, we did, we did 16 issues, so I'm sure we'll do at the bare minimum 16 issues. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get like right in the middle of uh, uh, Mutant Massacre, and then it'll be 2018. So I guess that doesn't really matter. But uh, or maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a lot more this year. Yeah, Who you knows? Uh, 205 uh, is an issue I'm looking forward to. That's Barry Windsor Smith, right? Uh, that's uh, the Lady Death Strike. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. More that's Power good. Pack. So I guess I guess I like it when the Power Pack. Uh, which only happens twice, I guess. Join the pages of the X-Men. There's some power pack crossovers in Secret Wars if you uh, want to tap into those. Uh, I have read those, and uh, they weren't weren't memorable. Um, <laughs> and then also, I guess, the transition of the Professor uh, to Magneto within the New Mutants. Uh, and ultimately, I, and I don't know where this happens, but the there must have been a falling out, or at, at some point Magneto disappears from the New Mutants, and maybe that's way, way, way down the line. Um, I don't know. Me neither. But there's there's definitely a clear breaking point where he's no longer involved with the X-Men due to plot plots that happen. And Cable jumps in and he's like, I'm the new Magneto. Yeah, I don't know how that happens, but uh, <laughs> is it's probably when Rob Liefeld joins. He says, I'm going to draw this guy. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe Cable was there before Liefeld. I have no idea. Um. Yeah, so that, that's... What about... What are, what are you looking forward to, X-Men comic, review-wise? Uh, just, like I said, 200. Okay. Uh, that that Wolverine episode is, is pretty good. Um, I'm enjoying Secret Wars, too. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to, to that. Um, curious about the Longshot limited series, but I half expect that to be terrible. Yeah, I, I have flipped through that. It's 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 um, drawn by Art Adams, so you got that to look forward to. That's always a plus in my book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, as I flipped through it, I was like, nothing in here looks interesting. But I'll <laughs> I'll give it a fair shake. You know, it's got long shot, obviously Spiral, uh, and and Mojo's got to be there, right? I'm pretty sure he's there. I think by the end. Yeah, yeah. So maybe not in the beginning. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. Uh, yeah. So do you think we'll get to X-Men Annual 10 next year? No, not 10. Yeah, 10. 10. 
Um, we might. Yeah. Yeah. It's or quite it, possible because well, nine is right around the corner. Right. And nine is like an Asgard thing, which I'm not looking forward to. Well, nine is like a, a two-parter with the New Mutants one. Right. Right. I'm not looking features, forward. It features some important stuff, but I think it's also drawn by Art Adams. Yeah. And that's good, but just Asgard bores me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have? Uh, mo- comic movies that came out this year. Did you do any research on that? Obviously, we had... Wait, did we have any for, comic movies this year? For me, it was just Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Is that the only movie that was that came out? When did Batman Superman come out? Was that last year? No, that or, came out this year. That was boring. Yeah. So what else came and, out? And uh, Doctor Strange came out this oh, year. Doctor Strange was good. Yeah. Well, and um, there must have been another Marvel movie. Captain America came out this year? No, nah, that had to have been 2015, right? Did it? it no. No, it was this year. They would have done, they did Civil War and Doctor Strange in the same year? Yeah, there's usually like three Marvel movies a year. Wow, that's that's a lot or of more. Marvel movies. Next year is going to be Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and yeah. a third one. Did X-Men, an X-Men Apocalypse came out this past year? Oh yeah, year. X-Men Apocalypse came out. Uh, boy, that's a toss-up, right? Um, uh, I did enjoy Civil War mostly because of the airport battle. Uh, the yeah, things- Civil Civil War came on Netflix recently, and I rewatched the airport battle scene, and that's that's it. But that makes it worth it to me. It does. It that's like there's a lot of kind of boring buildup, um, but. Uh, and I don't, I guess I, you no, know, it's, there's a lot of boring buildup. Uh, it's it, a boring buildup. I like it. I mean, it's, I, I'm not judging the entire movie, but, um, you get to that, that point with the airport where, and giant man and Spider-Man, like the way they did all those characters and those effects is like, you, you're like, wow, none of this looks bad or cheesy. It all looks great. Um, but given all that, I, I, I think maybe Dr. Strange, start to finish was maybe a little bit more entertaining i think maybe i felt like dr strange i'm looking forward to the next one but i feel like the origin story of this one was kind of i don't want to say boring because it definitely wasn't boring Mm -hmm. but it was kind of by the numbers yeah kind of but i mean it it was it was accurate for the most i really liked all of the psychedelic stuff Mm -hmm. and i really liked that they didn't fight a giant monster at the end i mean they did but they did it in a clever sort of way where there was actually no fighting yeah 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 uh who does he fight um dormammu yeah dormammu which yeah which is very interesting then it kind of leads the question like well how long was he looping around like we a million years yeah it could have been right we don't know that like does he have the pain of a million years of fighting this guy he sure does so so yeah um, x-men apocalypse was 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 okay was i guess i don't know it was watchable yeah it was it was was what it was (laughs) it was what it was uh and then batman moments and bad moments and batman v superman i enjoyed for sort of the train wreck aspect yeah the one positive thing I will say about that movie is that I it was not predictable. I had no idea what was going to happen because it was all over the place. Did you happen to see the director's cut yet? No. Okay, neither have I. I almost put it in the other night, but I was like, man, it's like th- more than three hours long. And I'm have to like- what I've heard, all it does is add like wide shots, oh. which is like, uh, which was what it was sorely missing. Yeah. Like like setting shots, like establishing shots, establishing, establishing shots. shots. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't know. It, the, yes, I, I think they had to cut as much out of there as possible. So all it is is just I don't know, constant movie. Suicide Squad. That's another one that came out. 
I didn't see it, and I've heard mixed. Like, I've heard some people that just hated it and other people that liked it, uh, and apparently there's also a director's cut for that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the director's cut in that. I liked it mostly. There were things that I didn't like about it, but on the whole, I enjoyed it while it lasted and then sort of forgot about it. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was highly enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> Whereas in the trailer, I was like, oh, that's going to be annoying. But it turned out not to be. Yeah. She really immersed herself in the role. So I, I will probably watch it at some point, but it just never really made my uh, it never made my radar. And then of course, everybody kind of crapping on it kind of took the wind out of the sails. But yeah. maybe my expectation, like I, I've never really read Suicide Squad or I don't really know much about the premise of it. So maybe with all that, I'll be like, man, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This movie's great. <laughs> I read a variant of Suicide Squad, which had almost none of the characters in the movie, so um, it didn't really help me out. I knew what the premise was. Um, yeah, so current books that you're following, Adam? Uncanny X-Men from the 80s? <laughs> yeah, there's I, I the only current book that I am following is uh, The Walking Dead. And that I actually just like read every six months and just kind of blast through. I do the same thing with Saga, which is a jolly old space adventure. Okay. So every, every yeah, about six months, I, I just read the last six issues. Uh, and then as far as the X-Men relaunch next year, I, I don't even... I, I don't even know what that is. I know there's a gold and a blue team. Oh, that's right. I did hear about that. Um, I don't know where I heard about that, though. From. I probably posted it on the Facebook. Uh, maybe you did. Uh, and that, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to recapture the glory days of the 90s. Uh, is Jim Lee coming back to draw it? Or I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't even... I guess in order for me to be able to formulate any sort of opinion on the relaunch next year, I'd have to catch up with everything that's happened uh, over the last probably three years, right? Because you had the all-new X-Men, which... And then you had Uncanny X-Men End, and then like two more X-Men series as start and end, and Cyclops was a like a Magneto guy, essentially, for a while, right? Maybe well, he's still... It looks like I don't the gold team... Or, or one of the two teams, is being led by Kitty Pride, and it has Cyclops and Old Man Logan on it. So I'm assuming that they everybody's in the fold now. Right. So I would, I would imagine that, oh, because I guess current Wolverine is dead. Well, yeah. Uh, sort current, of. Current maybe. Wolverine has been covered in solid adamantium, presumed dead. Oh, sure. Uh, Old Man Logan comes from another... Marvel yeah. Universe, essentially, and... Uh, Secret Web Wars, like... Actually, did you read the Secret Wars Old Man Logan? I read the first issue. It was, I, I read it. I mean, I don't think that's from last year, but I, I read it, and it was, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't the original series, uh, but it was it was good, and it was fine, it was fun. I liked the first issue. It was uh, basically, like, uh, all the walls and the sheriffs and the wardens and all that sort of stuff, but Old Man Logan was able to kind of breach all those barriers. Uh, mm. And, and kind of like was like what the hell's going on like what is all this stuff and yeah that was interesting uh, the current Wolverine in the Marvel U is X twenty three who I think is also on Kitty Pride's team okay uh, although yeah. I suppose I suppose the Cyclops on the cover could be young Cyclops oh. didn't think about that right so yeah no we could sit here and speculate all day long um, but isn't like wasn't for a while it was Cyclops Magic and Magneto the Cyclops Magic Magneto Emma Frost and then I guess some new students yeah who are taking kind of a, a 
more heavy-handed approach to the mutant. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I only read like maybe the first five issues. The last thing I read was that past Angel joined the the team. Um, right. I I uh, kind of lost the path of that, and I stopped reading all new X Men as well. Yeah. Somewhere in the maybe maybe first six issues of that. I was really hoping that. All new X Men was going to be just maybe like twelve issues, and like a, there's like a really tight knit beginning, middle, and end, and then and maybe that like, uh, well, I mean, then what they they brought the old X Men back to try to reinvigorate Cyclops's drive to save mutant kind and coexist with humanity, but it didn't work. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that that would have been something rather than an ongoing series. Well, now the now the young X-Men are part of the the current universe. Yeah, I get it. Which I is interesting. It. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It on the one hand I want to say that it it just sounds like a complete mess, but on the other hand it's like uh I guess you don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh it's their universe, it's their toys. Let them play with them. So, good on you Marvel. Get Speaking of a particular universe with a lot of toys, so so what is it that you want to talk about, Jeremy? As if I don't know. <laughs> well, the I mean, the, really, the big the big ticket item from 2016 is uh, we elected a new president. No, 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 uh, Star Wars. <laughs> That's it, Star Wars. Even more controversial than the presidential election, or not? I don't know. Anyways, yeah, Rogue One. Let's talk about some Rogue One. So last I heard from you is that you had bought tickets to see it twice. Correct. Uh, no. So, have you how was it? You've only seen it twice. Once? I've only seen it once. Oh, I'm actually going to probably go see it again for a third time because my, my wife hasn't seen it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, let's just start off with, with that. I, I, I have put a lot of thought behind this. Okay. Uh, so there may be a lot of things I want to talk about, and a lot of it might be a little picky and nitpicky. Um, okay. So... So, so you've been forewarned, and and uh, uh, dear listener, uh, as you've guessed, we're not going to be talking about an X Men comic book this this little special episode here. If you have not yet seen Rogue One, you'll want to hit pause until you've seen it because we're going to spoil the hell out of this. At least I'm going to. You may not, Adam. I have to go watch Rogue One. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, I'll just talk. Well, maybe maybe since we're not doing X-Men, we should do this in our X-Men voices. Like, I could be Wolverine for this review, and you could be Nightcrawler. Oh, I... I, I, don't, think I, I don't think I could... I don't think I got the stamina for that. Okay. Yeah, uh, so... Uh, yeah, I saw it twice. It, we have a theater. It's got uh, recliners and uh, all that sort of great stuff. And on, on Tuesday nights and uh, any matinee before 11 a.m., it's $5. So why wouldn't you go see it twice for 5 bucks? Giant screen, it's brand new theater, sound quality is awesome. Uh, and uh, the movie was, I it was good, you know. Uh, watched it the first time and and, uh, uh, and we'll get into it here. But it was, I, I was a little, um, I don't want to say I was bored, I was bored. <laughs> but I was like, huh, all right, you know, it's it, this looks like Star Wars. There's Star- it didn't, though. It didn't look like Star Wars. I mean, there were a lot of things from Star Wars in it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it didn't look like a Star Wars film. And th- that's, okay, so let's separate those two things. Uh, it had Star Wars props. <clears throat> yes. Props. <laughs> Star Wars props, uh, backdrops and spaceships uh, and whatnot. However, it was not directed uh, or written like a traditional Star Wars saga film. And I think that's important. 
Um, but for the first two thirds of the movie, I was waiting to get engaged. Yeah, it was, for the first time in a Star Wars movie, I was like, look, thinking about where I was, and I thought to myself, "This is boring." And I was like, "Well, that's not good." I was never bored, but my mind did wander a little bit. And then I, I remember—I don't know if I said two thirds or third. So I'm, let me correct myself. The first third of the movie, I was kind of like, well, "You know, when am I going to get engaged?" The back two thirds of the movie, uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, I, I'm I'm in on this." And of course, it you know the payoff is really like the last I don't know what do you want to call it last fifth of the movie uh, when you get to see all the big machines doing blowy uppy things. Yeah, and that that's solid, well done. Little, still not very Star Warsy, right? But they're trying something that I don't think worked, but good for them for trying something different. So the second time that I watched it, uh, I enjoyed it start to finish. Oh, really? So it was it was not boring? No. Well, I don't think it was boring either time. But like I said, okay. the first time I was wandering a little bit, um, and I never at, at any at, at no point ever did I find myself in the same state of mind where I was with Phantom Menace, where um, I have to say I'm watching Star Wars, but do I like it? I'm not sure if I like it. I might have to watch this again because I don't think I like it. But maybe I'm tired. Maybe it's me. It's probably not the movie. It's probably me. That never happened during either viewing that, of Rogue One. That never happened for me in Phantom Menace. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe after it sunk in. But the first time I saw it, definitely not. So yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Now, uh, this is, the, I guess, the thing. Some of the things that I guess I appreciated uh, about it was that it. it did not look like a Star Wars movie, right? It, it, it uh, and and more more moreover that they were really taking time to show maybe what a real rebellion would look like, uh, and then the choices that you have to make and the things that you have to do uh, for potentially what you think is the greater good, and then also showing some of the greediness of it, right? Because when you watch you know, episode four, episode five, or, or whatever, You there's a rebellion going on, but everybody is on the same sheet of music and everybody has a common goal and bad things happen, but they're never quite that bad. Do you know what I mean? Though, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Uh, yeah, no, it lacks, a, it lacks a certain realism that sort of defines Star Wars for me. Yes. I think, I think part of my issues was that throwing this element of realism just doesn't 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 work it, it strips away the fun i uh, uh yeah okay i i can get behind that i can totally get behind that because that, that i mean that is the one thing about empire strikes back star wars and return of the jedi is that they're for the most part fairy tales essentially right i mean it's yeah. good versus evil um the 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 good triumphs and uh the consequences are not really that severe people do die but you don't know their names um and and you know it's not a gruesome death by any means whereas in this movie you got tanks and and people being blown up and uh you know every, I mean, spoilers everybody dies at the end which which wasn't necessary the whole movie wasn't necessary well, but I'll the fact that. that they killed everybody at the end was kind of i liked that was the one thing that i liked about it i, I thought yeah i mean when i first watched it i was like i you know i it feel like it's kind of brave 
not to say, okay, Jen and the guy, or maybe not even the guy, because the guy did some bad things during the movie. And as we know, the traditional movie movie formula is you do bad things, you redeem yourself, and then you die. Uh, redeeming yourself. Um, that, that Jen didn't and survive, and maybe, you know, Mon Moth was like, thank you for all your sacrifices. Now go hang out at the beach planet. You've deserved some rest and relaxation, and then we'll go do the rest of the trilogy. That's why we never see you again. It, yeah, but why do we never see any of those other stormtroopers again? <laughs> I mean, so the making the argument that the reason that they kill them is because we never see them again doesn't make any sense. Well, be- given the vast amount of things that we never see again. Well, because Adam, those were beach stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, they were. They had like pants. <laughs> yeah, they, they they were in their sand camouflage, uh, which wouldn't have helped them on Tatooine at all. They were a uh, obvious attempt to sell a lot more toys. They could have very easily un- used normal stormtroopers. So th- that's that's a, a question that they got. Obvi- okay, so marketing. Let's just take the marketing side out of there because there's there's obvious obvious stuff that 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 happens there. But why did the death troopers go? The death troopers? Yeah, the 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 all black stormtroopers. Whenever they talked to each other, it was all. I don't really remember that. They had like a little goofy language. Yeah, which which that felt pretty Star Warsy to have like something that isn't explained like yeah. that. That was kind of neat. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Uh, oh, you're talking about like when they first show up on Jen's planet, and he's like, "There's one, go get him." Yeah, that's something like I don't remember. Yeah. I only saw it once. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess I didn't really think about it because it was kind of Star Wars. to just have that in there. Um, but you have to make yourself a decision, right? Because what Disney is going to do? I mean, they paid four billion dollars for this property. Um, is are they going to expand the universe? Are we going to see more Star Wars stories where they? They create new types of troopers and reuse old troopers and recre- and newly recreated troopers. Or is it always just white stormtroopers, uh, the TIE pilots, and Crimson Guards? Because really, those original movies only had like three or four different types of troops. I don't mind there being new ones. I just don't like that there were so many new ones. Okay. And I guess that's fair. Although I felt like <laughs> – excuse me. I felt like they – Mix it up with enough classic ones that it wasn't too like, distracting. None of them felt like there was a reason behind it. With with the original Star Wars, they were they were snow troopers because they were protecting themselves from the snow. They needed a different costume. Right. They were Tie Fighter pilots because they were flying their Tie Fighters. All the different things, like they were they were the the scouts uh, yep. because they were running around in the forest and they needed the slightly sleeker costumes. Yeah, yeah. It kind of made sense, maybe not to the level of you know reality, but it made sense. Whereas this, you're right that the beach troopers made sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of new new, but I mean it's a it's a huge galaxy, um, so it kind of makes sense that you'd have different squadrons wearing different types of armors and and uniforms and such. And the movies we saw really were only focused around the troops and whatnot that would have been surrounding the Emperor Darth Vader. So it kind of stands to reason that though that squadron or battalion or whatever would pretty much look the same throughout what we saw in those movies. But I get what you're saying. We can chalk that up to wanting to sell more toys. 
Yeah. So, so, so the point is, like, they didn't need to kill everybody off. I thought it was cool that they killed everybody off, regardless, because movies don't do that a lot. No. This well, that's the other thing about this movie is it it doesn't do anything any other movie does. It it barely has a beginning, middle, and end. It has no character development. None at all. It's based on a very small premise from another movie, uh, and and it's solely based on that. Uh, if you were to show this movie to somebody who'd never seen Star Wars before, they'd be like, "What am I like? Oh, the ships were cool, but what the hell was I watching?" <laughs> like, I don't care about any of these people in this movie. And really, the only reason you care about Darth Vader or Tarkin, and we're going to talk about them, too. The only reason you care about them is because you've seen them in previous movies. But this movie on their own, you're like, what are these people doing? Well, if you showed it to somebody who didn't, who'd never seen Star Wars before, they'd be like, they didn't even blow up the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, right. They, 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 the good guys completely lost <laughs> and the bad guys completely won. And uh, some woman escaped on a spaceship for some reason. And that's the end. I, I She didn't even look that real. I don't even know what's going on. Um, but, but on the other hand, like, I personally don't mind that in a series such as this. And if there are more movies that are kind of like that, that fill in these gaps that one could argue may or may not be necessary, um, I, I can go either way, right? Like this story that we saw in this movie... Uh, was not necessary. It was interesting. It was a it was a great way um, to explain a plot hole. Is it a plot hole or is it is it? I mean, I don't the, know. Many the, people the have... prequels arguably did not need to be made. Yeah, but they tell a very important story. I don't know about that. They tell a story. How, how, how they tell the story of how Darth Vader comes to be. True, which could be a very potentially interesting story. Could have been. Um. It was unnecessary to see it, but people wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, I don't, was there any demand for this to be told? No, no. Or was this just Disney feeling around for how are we going to make this a franchise? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they're not going to make this story a franchise, but they... they well, I mean, how, how are we going to turn Star Wars into something that we can put out on a yearly basis? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like I said, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I'm in every single time, you know, especially at $5 at my recliner theater. I'll go see, <laughs> I'll go see one every six months. I don't care. Um, but at some point, I mean, like the the cash machine that this is will will dry out because, you know, part of the allure is that, you know, these don't come around all that often, and generally when they come around, they're pretty good and pretty entertaining and such. So if they do it every year, that could dry up. But again, like I said, there's there's a certain sect of the population, me included, that'll just go. Uh, and- well, yeah, and, and and I feel like the, I guess, this are the Star Wars films that are don't really feel like Star Wars. They kind of take different sort of risks that Star Wars doesn't take. Right. Um, and, and so, like, if, when they do the Han Solo movie or the Boba Fett movie, which I'm sure they'll do, like, I hope they kind of do some of those things. Although, I think playing around with Han Solo is going to be a little bit more risky because, you know, you don't want it to be too greedy and dirty, but, you know, because you don't want to ruin the character that, that was created after them. Yeah, I think maybe maybe one of the reasons that I liked this, even though it didn't need to be told, is because um, the only thing, and, I, and actually I'm going to contradict myself because I do have some other things I want to say about continuity and such, but you're not really messing around with too many characters that have an established uh, backstory or, or previously told story, uh, other than Darth Vader and 
Grand Marth Tarkin, Tarkin, I suppose. But uh, when they get to um, like Han Solo, that that's going to be a lot more challenging, I think, because people have it in their minds as to who this guy was before we met him in the cantina. Uh, and so they, they have a very good chance of completely doing it wrong for a lot of people much like they did with the prequels i think that's one of the reasons other than them that other than them being poorly created movies and not very interesting stories i think everybody had an idea of what they thought their prequels were and then those came out and everyone was like oh well okay it's not what i would have done but whatever yeah but uh let's talk about plot a little bit uh, and i've thought about this um uh, uh a bit Okay, and I've got just a, f- like a few elements that that have really kind of um, that I've dug in on, and one is the whole uh, Tarkin Krennic power struggle, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason that um, so the actor that played Krennic, I can't remember his name, but he he did a great job, did good. Um, when I first, so I stayed away from all of the trailers and the media and everything the only trailer i saw for this movie was the teaser that came out like a year or so ago in which they show like a star destroyer and they show an ad at and i was like oh, i'm in i'll watch that I, I didn't watch anything else i didn't really keep up on any media blog posts or anything so i went in that movie pretty clean and so when tarkin turns around and you see him for the first time i was like wow i can't believe they found somebody that looks like peter cushing that's amazing I was like, what the hell is that thing? See? And that's the weird thing. Like, I was like, well, his makeup's kind of weird, but wow, he really looks like Peter Cushing. Uh, flip mm, side. I, my- all I saw was a video <laughs> a video game. Like, it was like, that now, looks like a video game. I Now, was did you know going in that he was a video game? I had no idea that Tarkin was even in the film. Okay. See, neither did I. And I, I didn't see it the first time. I took my daughter the second time and she leans over. She's like, is that guy real? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, is he like a cartoon? And I was like, well, we'll talk about it later. But I was like, wow, you picked that out like immediately upon him turning around. Me, I'm like, wow. As as soon as he shows up on screen, you're like, uh, they're not going to show him, are they? Right, right. And they did that on purpose just to be like, okay, we're just going to see a bald head. He's going to get one line and they're going to move on with the rest of the movie. But no, he he has a larger role in Rogue One than he did in uh, New Hope. But okay, so that was also, if you remember, in episode three, a younger actor played him. Right. So so that was the first thing I thought. I was like, well, they found a lookalike for episode three. So it stands to reason they could find a lookalike for for this movie. But then I found out that he was CGI. And then a lot of people were like, oh, the CGI was terrible. And I was like, well, I must be getting old. because." <laughs> and then the second time I watched it, I was looking and I was like, okay. Like his sunken in cheeks. Yeah, okay. That kind of looks like, like some PlayStation 4 graphics. Uh, and then there was a couple of slight motions he did. It was like, oh, okay, that's not natural. But by and large, I was like, man, it still looks real to me. Man, I was the opposite. I was like, occasionally there was a glimmer of what looked like a human being. But for the most part, it looked like a video game, like like I was playing uh, The Last of Us or something. Yeah, yeah. And that, man, what I... I haven't played all the way through Last of Us. I played only like the first few levels, but uh, I got the remaster for PlayStation 4 and they go from cut screen or cut cut scene to game. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there like waiting. I was like, okay, well, is the character going to move? <laughs> and then I like put the controls. Like, oh my god, I'm contr- like oh my I'm controlling the cut scene. This is amazing. Like th- yeah, that game looks really good and it seems. But I, I see what you're saying. 
Um, okay, so all that being said, like I, I felt like based on exactly what you said, and and so George Lucas really didn't do this movie any favor. He basically at the end of episode three put everything where it needed to be, and then locked it in time for twenty years for A New Hope. Right? You have Vader and. Uh, uh, Tarkin on the bridge of the Star Destroyer observing the Death Star being built mm-hmm. uh, and nothing has to happen and then and then a new hope happens um, mm-hmm. so so it was kind of like well alright so uh, uh, Rogue One comes along and then there's this Krennic and uh, Tarkin conflict and you're like well I don't understand like kind of seems to me like Tarkin was the guy as we last left him in episode 3 standing right next to Vader they're both watching the Death Star being built like where, where did this Krennic guy come from so I don't know I, I guess I I understand they they wanted to have like a, a bad guy that could die I guess and it couldn't be Tarkin obviously and that's why they decided to put him in there but I I didn't feel like he really added uh, anything to this it was there was their attempt at shoehorning in a plot because they knew they knew what they they wanted to do was these guys go in and rescue the Death Star plans and die. How can we make this more interesting? Like, where do, how do we give this more of a story? Let's have them. Let's have. Uh, let's have one of them have a father who is connected to the Death Star, and, and she's a little girl. That's good. That's good. Okay, she grows up alone because he gets pulled away to do the Death Star. Oh, that's that's really good. Um, and then. Um, We'll pull in some obscure uh, character from Clone Wars who, oh, right. who raises her, and uh, and uh, and then we'll we'll have her sidetrack over to his planet for a while, and and he's he's the one who gives her the message about the plans that sets her off on the the whole story. And honestly, none of that. I didn't really have a problem with any of that. I had a problem with the first. But I think the the reason that I felt like the first half was so boring, besides besides the fact that there were the characters lacked any interest for me, was that the story was unnecessary. I didn't. We didn't really need to see Jin or so go to this planet and meet up with everybody and then hook up with the the rebellion through Saw Gerrera and all of that stuff because it it just didn't feel like it had any any point other than moving moving pieces towards the actual movie, which was Rogue One forms and goes and does their thing. Yeah. That's where the, that's where the movie starts. I agree. I, I agree with all of that. I thought, I don't, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've got a question though for you. In episode three, we see somebody give and receive the Death Star plans. Do you recall who those people were? Uh, I think it had. Remember the Nemoidians from episode one? Yeah, I think they were there. Okay, I think the the clicker bugs. Yeah, from episode two. I think they were the ones who directly had the plans. Okay. Um, the uh, like the little the little console that the plans come up with, and right. everybody in the theater went, "Ooh, it's the Death Star!" Right. Okay. So, so I guess I don't know. I guess I'm going back in time. But my my point behind that is like that whole piece of Episode Three felt so shoehorned in there. Like you know, the two sitting on the bridge, Darth Vader being created, and the Death Star plans. I feel like happens like all within the span of like ten minutes. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely. Getting everything in there. It's like he's got a checkbox. Check. Okay, got that. Got that. Okay, got that. So, um... First of all, episode three, not a good movie. No. Well, best out of the three. I I disagree. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I think it's only the best out of the three because... 
cause. You see the plans. You see a real Star Destroyer. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Order 86. That was awesome. It's better than episode two. I'll give it that. Yeah. But I, I have a, I have, and no one on their right mind will agree with me on this. I still have a fondness for, for Phantom Menace. For me, it is a well-structured story. Jar Jar Binks does not annoy me, which is probably how I can get through it. Um, I feel, and I know we're off track a little bit, but I feel like if they would have dialed Jar Jar back a little, uh, I'd have been okay. And if they made uh, Anakin not so creepy and weird. Yeah, well, maybe, that's, that's maybe just... Maybe made him just a little bit older. Yeah. So that the whole love interest thing kind of works. Yeah. You're like an angel, a space angel I hear about in the space docks. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's uh, a lot of stuff in Phantom Menace that doesn't work, for sure. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just because you went and saw Phantom Menace and, and it, it filled you with hope. You're like, oh my gosh, a whole new generation of Star Wars. And okay, it's a little rocky, but you know what? It doesn't matter because the next one's going to come, the next one. And it's all going to tie together and you're going to watch, you're going to rewatch episode one and be like, yeah, he had a plan. <laughs> but that's in the past. We're talking about Rogue One right now. So... Uh, you talked about uh, Jen getting to Jeddah, basically, right, where, he, where she meets all the people and they ultimately get connected with the Rebellion. I was okay with all that. I thought the Death Star shooting the city and it exploding and talking about the last, uh, the lost temple of the Jedi and all that. I, I, whatever. I was fine with all that. The one thing I had a huge problem with was the Star Destroyer that's floating above the city. Mm, why is that? Because it it's a big heavy hunk of metal sitting inside the atmosphere of a planet do you know how much power it would take for it just to seamlessly hover right above a city it, it doesn't make any sense adam well, if they have enough power to control a death star in orbit you know an object in motion remains in motion and you just need a little bit of thrust to push you forward but we're talking about a, a machine that doesn't have wings, that's not lighter than uh, gravity, just hovering above the planet. And I know that it was put there because it was a neat visual, and I think the plot was that, like, the ship is there to keep the city in line or something like that. But it doesn't work for me. Hmm. A, 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 a ship, interesting. A, an airplane. So imagine you take an airplane and you just you put it on top of a city and you and it, and it can't move. That's impossible. It doesn't work that way unless like they have anti-gravity. But we know that they're harvesting all the kyber for the Death Star. So it seems like a huge waste of kyber if they're putting that into the Star Destroyer so that it can float on top of the city. Maybe instead of having a giant Star Destroyer, they have just the city is surrounded by adats. That would have been badass. That's exactly what I thought. In in. The adats showing up at the end of the movie was kind of weird because they were uh, they don't seem they don't serve the same purpose as an episode as an as an Empire Strikes Back. No, I I agree. Right, uh, they 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 were there uh, at the end of the movie just to be adats at the end of the movie. It could have been anything else. It could have been uh, squadrons of Tie Fighters, ATSTs, whatever, uh, or even bring bring those speeder bikes back. That'd have been cool. Mm. But but um, the having the city garrisoned by adats would have been way more amazing of a visual and would have been completely uh, uh, um, um, believable. However, yeah, I, I guess yeah. it would have been a little odd if the Death Star destroys the city and all those ad-ats. It kind of would have been a waste of money. Um, 
troops. That might have been a challenge to evacuate the AT-ATs so that they could blow up the city. Or maybe they just don't mm. blow up the city. Maybe instead of using the Death Star to blow up the city, they use all the AT-ATs to fire the guns and destroy the city, and then they save uh, the Death Star blowing something up until the end of the movie, which they did, when they destroy the records planet. So, see, that would have been better. Yeah. Um, that would, so that that's my my big problem with that scene. The, the guy, the the Asian guy, and and his big gun friend. Those guys were awesome. I like them. They were uh, mildly more interesting than the rest of them. <laughs> I can't. They, they they were they were likable. I don't I don't know what their names were. And that's uh, part of the problem with the movie is you know Jen, and you're lucky if you can grab two more of the rebels out of there. The guy wearing Han's coat. Yep, you got him. Uh, who was a great actor, by the way. I just, I don't know what his character's name was. Uh, I know all their names. Let me see. Cassian. Do you know their was... names or are you looking them up? No, no. I, I know their names because I have had enough Rogue One stuff thrown at me. Okay. Um, from playing my Star Wars card trader app, which oh. is the worst thing I've ever done to myself. It's far too addictive for someone like me. Okay. And I'm getting off of it soon. Okay. Um, so you got so, Cassian. So you got Cassian. You got Churrit. Who is the the uh, staff the, guy? The staff guy, okay. the the samurai. Yeah. Um. You got. I think it's Baze. Mm. Who is the other Chinese guy? He's the big gun guy. Um. I I think it's like K S O or K two S O. K two S O. Droid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Who else is there? Uh, Am I missing somebody. Yeah. There's the pilot. The... Um. Bodhi. 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 That might have been his name. Uh. Jen's dad. Um. Galen Urso. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then we got we got Krennic, and uh, I think that's pretty much all your main characters. I like Mads Mikkelsen as Galen Urso. He's a good actor. Yeah. Was, yeah uh, no, did he, you ever see Hannibal? Uh, no. The show or the movie? Yeah, the show. No, I have not. That's a good show. Um, moving along, um, we eventually find uh, Krennic goes to um, Vader's temple on Mustafar, which I thought was fine. Like, it kind of makes sense that he would have uh, a, a temple or a a home, if you will, there, kind of an homage to where he lost his best friend and where his life changed forever. Uh, what I didn't like was that we see him all uh, incapacitated in the Bacta tank. Uh, that didn't work for me. And it I, felt like a tip-off to episode uh, to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, no, and I get it. And, and, and so when I first saw it, I was like, that's neat. But then I was like, well, no, wait, that's not neat. Um. And there's there's a couple. This is this is where I'm gonna get like really deep in the weeds, nitpicky. But a couple of things that they could have done with it, or they just shouldn't have done it at all. It's been 20 years since the event, so so definitely. Well, there's two things, right? So we assume at the end of episode three and throughout all of the movies that he's kind of sealed up in there. Yeah, he can take his helmet off and he can do some meditations, as we saw in Empire Strikes Back. But for the most part, like he needs this thing on him to live. Um, this is kind of showing that, like, okay, he can take the whole thing off. And he's totally weak and incapacitated. He needs his, his crimson guards around him uh, so that he can heal. So for me, that that works if it's immediately after episode three or even maybe a few years after, after episode three. But it does not work 20 years after, especially in all the movies that we see where, you know, the only time he's kind of uh, in a submissive pose is in episode or Empire Strikes Back when he's got his helmet off and he's, he's meditating, right? That's like the only time where you kind of see like the... Um, uh, um, vulnerable side of him. This, this totally for me made 
it way too vulnerable um, for me. On the other hand, one thing, since this movie was all about fixing up plot holes, um, I thought that they could have done something with it to explain how, and, and maybe you haven't noticed this, maybe you have, in uh, A New Hope, uh, Darth Vader is much more agitated and emotional than he is in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi until Luke's kicking his ass. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess that never really bothered me. It's, it's, it, it, you know, when you've watched a movie so many times, you start picking out all these things. things. And so somewhere along the line on the, the 50th viewing of Star Wars, I was like, hey, you know what? Uh, when, when Darth Vader's on, on the rebel ship, he's like, Captain, find, I want this ship torn apart. Find the plans. I want the prisoners. Take them alive. Right. He's very angry. But then throughout the rest of that movie and then all the other movies, he's never like that again. And so, you know, if they were going to be cute and creative, it would have been really nice if there would have been like maybe a line in there as Krennic's coming in where they're like, oh, uh, you're going to have to wait because Vader's just had one of his treatments or something. He gets really agitated after one of those just to explain uh, the mood swing that he has in episode four that he never has in any of the other movies again or just not included at all. And that that I know is super deep into the weeds and probably over analytical, but they could have done something with it. Is all I'm saying. Well, well, as long as we're on this train, let's talk about Darth Vader. Yeah, I don't think Darth Vader should have been in this film, except at the end because they decided to connect it directly to Episode Four. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that. I don't. I, I don't think he served a purpose at all, especially in the last scene. The uh, let's call it the Weapon X scene, very similar to an apocalypse where he just destroys a bunch of people. Yeah. And it felt to me like a child playing with his toys. Yeah. So um, I would have been happiest if Darth Vader's wasn't in the movie at all. Would have been fine. Uh, Or if his only scene would have been when Krennic comes to say like, hey, Talk to the Emperor, Darkin, I, me, Death Star, that's mine, my, I'm the commander, right? And for Vader to be like, look, this is bigger than you. He shouldn't have made a stupid joke about choking on aspirations, but he should have said something like, you know, you're in this for the Empire and the Emperor, and you will do as you're told. Um, do not bring these things to me. My time is way more valuable than, than what we're doing right now. I'm going to go back to my Bakta tank. Or something like that. Um, and like I said, he shouldn't have even been in the Bakta tank because he's Darth Vader. You know, it's not like the, the Crimson Guards would have had been like, Krennic, you're going to have to take a seat because we got to put Darth Vader back together so that he can come out here and intimidate you. So so that being said, um, the end of the movie, when he comes out and he does his sword play, and a lot of people have said like, oh, he comes in there and he's so Jedi trained that he's not doing flashy moves because he doesn't even need to. And, and that's probably true and everything based on Star Wars lore. But it's... It's unnecessary because it kind of disjoints the action uh, between this movie and A New Hope. Um, it wasn't necessary. For it's va- totally dumb. <laughs> it was so from a visual standpoint, I enjoyed it. I don't. I don't. I don't ever want to see Darth Vader destroying people like that. Right. It's it's enough to know that he can do it without actually seeing it. It's it was the same thing with seeing Yoda fight. Right. It was just silly. Uh, and like I and, and, and like I said, it gave me the feeling that it was a kid playing with their toys, which made the whole film for me just feel like this giant fan film slash, 
you know, it's like when I used to play with my toys as a kid. Oh, and then the and then the ad ads come in because they're cool. Oh, and then Darth Vader messes up all these guys because that's cool. Yeah, and it just felt like yeah, like I said, it, it, from a visual standpoint, uh, it was a cool scene. If somebody were to have done that scene and thrown it up on YouTube, you'd have been like, oh, that was cool fan. You're right, it was a cool fan made thing. Uh, but to have it in the movie like that seemed out of place. I would have liked for Darth Vader not to be in this film until the very like in the very in one of the very last scenes where he just shows up and you just see him and you're like, oh, it's Darth Vader. Okay, and whoa, and, and I'll agree with that. Um, I, I, uh, we're gonna jump right to the end right now. I, I, I can't remember if I have other things to say, but if I do, I'll say them later. But when we get to the end of the movie and uh, they, you know, they do the awesome thing where they push the star destroyer into the shield thing, you gotta admit that was kind of cool. And, and you think like the flagship has had it, and and it, and it does actually end up having it, and they board, and Darth Vader does all of this cool stuff, and then you know they they launch the it's the Tantive that they launch, right? I believe so, yeah. And 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 Leia's on that and she gets the plans and she's like, what is it? And she's like, it's hope and everything like that. Whatever, that that was fine. And then we get CGI Leia. CGI Leia, which at that point I was like, man, they're finding doubles all over the place. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, and that one was even worse than the than the uh, <laughs> first one. So in the second viewing, I was like, oh, okay, that, that one's not, that one's not as good as, as Tarkin. But you see Vader, he walks up to the, the kind of where the, force field i guess is as protecting him from the from space and you see that ship flying away and it's the ship that we open with in a new hope which i was like well when when vader comes on the ship he's like you you weren't on any mercy mission you're part of the rebel alliance you transferred some plans and i want to know what those plans are um didn't make any sense to me um i actually thought that it would have been more interesting if they would have left done the same thing vader shows up and he sees the ship leaving but it's a different ship and if they could have maybe cut something from the beginning to add a little bit more to the end, they fly down to Dantooine and they're meeting up with the rebels who are all leaving Dantooine to head off to Yavin 4 or wherever they're going to go. And that's when she boards the Tantive 4 and then they fly off. And then we can begin A New Hope and we've got all of our little dots connected. And then you even get a little, you get another Easter egg, a little fanboy Dantooine reference uh, about there actually was a rebel base there. And yes, it was evacuated. Oh, that's that's clever. It would it would, it would have been clever. And then, because the, the whole plot hole for me is that Vader watches the ship fly away and it's like, well... You, obviously, that's the ship that you're after. You just saw it. Unless that's like a super popular uh, model of ship in the galaxy. It's the, And it's also, it's the same ship that you see at the end of Episode 3 when they fly uh, Leia over to Bail Organa and for some reason decide to wipe the minds of C-3PO and R2-D2 for no reason. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and that was another thing. I, I also didn't think it was necessary to have C-3PO and R2-D2 there was there was yeah there was that scene and then there was the scene on Jedha with um the the two guys from the cantina. I'm going to disagree with you and and here's why. I thought that that scene uh, although it doesn't quite work because like you know 20 minutes later they blow up Jedha. So did they exactly like, did they get on a ship and leave? But that I felt like was a nod to a robot chicken episode. Uh, I know. No, see that 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 robot chicken episode presented um, Hammerhead Man as having a full and rich, complex life on Tatooine. Oh, that's true. But I still felt like it was because when they bump into the human looking guy, he's the one that's like he's got his fist in the air and it's it's 
uh, walrus man, Pone de Baba, who's like, oh, no, no. He, and he grabs uh, the human, I can't remember his name. They pulls him away and then they, they head off, which is Dr. exactly. Evazan. What's his name? Dr. Evazan. Dr. Evazan. That's right. And so that was kind of what that whole skit was on Robot Chicken was that nobody could understand Pone de Baba. And he was like, right. oh, I just had a bad day. And <laughs> what do you mean we're wanted on six galaxy systems? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I thought that that was okay. Um, and I thought the initial thing when I saw that and the way it played, I was like, oh, that's a, that's gotta be a nod to robot chicken, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just too, there, were, there were too many nods. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I guess those are kind of the, the, I guess that's, a, that's the thing about watching a Star Wars movie. You always got to like dig in and nitpick and like, why doesn't the continuity mix? And, and so it kind of probably sounds like I, I hated the movie after I talk about all those things, but <laughs> Um, I I did like it. I mean, there there I liked the the gr- dirty grittiness, the 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 fact that it actually had Star Wars props in it, but it wasn't really a Star Wars movie because it isn't right. It's not supposed to be a saga movie. I fully expect that Episode Eight will be back to you know fantasy and fairy tale and like dramatic things happening, um, but it it's not shaky cam type war film footage. Right, that we and, got in Rogue One, and I, I, I would also like to just, I guess, I, I didn't, I didn't hate the film as much as I make it sound like I did. Like I, the, the, from the, from the point where they become Rogue One, I thought it was a, it was a really good, fun film. Um, I felt the, the war scenes were kind of sometimes they were hit or miss, but for the most part, I, I had, a, I had a good time with that after that point. Yeah, um, a little, little weird that the uh all the records for the empire are on this one planet and and then but i mean i guess it's it's kind of tarkin is is uh, showing his uh, arrogance by saying well we got the death star we don't need any plans anymore which is kind of what he's like in and and a new hope where they're like should we evacuate and there's like no we don't evacuate and then he dies with the death star but i don't know uh, there was uh, one nod that I did like was when um, I think it's the robot says, I've got a bad feeling. And everybody just says, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. That was a good nod. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that was, uh, yeah. There there was, you saw it twice. I need to go see it one more time um, just because it's in the theaters and I want to see it. But um, do you, they were in the, uh, the rebel Alliance thing, talking to Mon Mothma and whatever. And Jin starts talking and then somebody's like, oh, let the girl talk. I want to hear what she has to say. Did, did that, cause when I first watched that, that felt like a laugh out loud. Like who left that in there? Oh, um, did that stand out really poorly? Cause I felt like it did, but yeah, I think that whole scene kind of got hacked uh, to pieces because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because Jen is like I don't even want to be involved like here's your stupid message like I've had a shitty life leave me alone and then all of a sudden she's in the presence of these rebels and she's like I've we've got to do this and she's I don't know I feel like there's a whole lot more that got chopped out of that uh, and that scene that you're talking about probably was a part of it and they just left it in for some sort of continuity to motivate her to continue talking. I don't know. It's just two random people in the background. I liked uh, that whole that whole scene uh, in in Yavin for that base. Uh, they had uh, like really bad mustaches of people. <laughs> I noticed that a lot of people had really bad mustaches, just like in Episode Four. Yeah, and then they had like that old 
like fatter guy with the white beard and hair like he was kind of there obviously not the same guy but kind of a look-alike uh the woman that they cast as young mon mothma was fine i didn't really was it was it the same woman that was in episode three who played I, mon mothma uh wait she was in mon mothma when it was in return of the jedi yes but she was also in episode i think it was three. Oh man maybe but obviously a different actress than return of the jedi well yeah no i, I was thinking that the actress was the same actress that was in episode three i guess i not I'd, return of the jedi i didn't she was younger i didn't realize not older. i didn't realize she was in episode three to be honest ah, okay <laughs> um the inclusion of the mon calamari i thought was weird i mean it's like, so um, uh, Admiral Akbar wasn't there, which is fine. You didn't need him there. But it, it appeared to me that uh, only the Mon Calamari are able to pilot the big <laughs> ships, and they got to sit on those stupid chairs. There was a bunch of scenes where they're like, you know, uh, Captain, this thing is happening, and he's like awkwardly looking behind him as he's sitting on this chair for no reason, like in his little enclosed bubble. Like, what is it? What's the message? What should we do? Uh, so I thought that was weird. A weird thing to include them when they clearly were not in um, A New Hope. But I, most of the fleet there that they had was also not in A New Hope. So I don't know. It's kind of mixed on that. One of the problems that I had with the film was that it just tried to shove too much Star Wars props, as you call them, into this. And it didn't it didn't need it. Yeah, it, it, I, I guess it did it because it, that's what Disney thinks that that's what people want to see. And maybe they're right. Oh, uh, I, I'm guessing they focus grouped the hell out of that movie. I mean, so after I watched the movie, I watched some of the trailers and, and the trailers uh, have tons of footage that weren't actually in the movie. Right. And it, like there's one scene of Jen sitting on that top of the spire or whatever by the communications satellite and a TIE fighter shows up, which right. wasn't in the movie. And you're like, I wonder why that scene wasn't there. There's another scene of Krennic walking along the beach, which wasn't in the movie. Uh, and I guess there's some dumb lines of her saying like, I'm a rebel. I rebel. That was cut. So you know that. And, and then I guess I, I reread some stuff too. That that they had to bring in multiple people to like cut and re-edit and reshoot. And, uh, so yeah, I guess it had multiple directors. The, you know, and, and what's too bad? What what we will never get uh, out of this because of the focus group and the the collection of people that put that movie together is there will, I don't think, be a director's cut. Or uh, the best I think you'll ever get maybe is uh, some missing scenes or lost scenes or whatever. Um, because I, my, my thought is that from here on out, any Star Wars movie that's released is the Star Wars movie. And there's no going back and changing it and editing it and doing m- monkeying around with it. I don't know if that's know. a good thing or a bad thing. And and then you also don't, you never know. Maybe they don't even, maybe they include like the blooper reel, but they don't include like all that other footage. Cause it would be interesting to, to see kind of like what was the original idea. Um, but I guess it was probably just a bunch of memos and notes and it's probably a bunch of, it's probably a really boring story to how they got to where they ended up. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, probably the movie that they originally had was even more boring. <laughs> and so they, spiced it up probably that whole ending wasn't even there it was more of people just running around uh not developing their characters well i'm they didn't really do any character development for this movie all right that's what i'm saying it's like the the original cut was just more of that of undeveloped characters doing uninteresting things so you think they just reshot like did some close-ups just to add a little bit more dialogue so you're like oh okay i kind of care for that guy whose name i for cassian (laughs) 
care for him now a little bit. Oh, he's no, he's gonna. Oh, that's too bad. He died. Anyways, but I also think that you know the lack of character development helps when you kill all your characters at the end of the movie, so you don't leave on a downer, right? It makes it more interesting though if you if if like like a good like what they were trying to do was emulate a war movie, mm-hmm. yep. and a good war movie will make you feel at least some empathy for the characters, yeah, because they're 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 humans and they they have uh they're they're fallible. That was another problem with these characters is none of them were particularly fallible. Like I never. There was never a sense of danger. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Even even when like they were in the thing getting the data tapes, there was really no immediate danger that any of them were in because they were all like action heroes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, but on the other hand, I think the point the point of the movie wasn't to get you invested in these characters because these characters are gone. There's not there's no trilogy. There's no sequel, and and really to get you to the end where you're like, yeah, this is how Star Wars starts or A New Hope starts. <laughs> well, then, then you release a 10-minute film <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. So and you're making a film. You got to you got to have investment of the characters. It's that's that's part of what filmmaking is. I think that they prove that you don't. I mean, you can't nobody, not just anybody can do this. Uh in fact, Probably nobody else could ever do a movie like that and have it be as successful and make as much money. You could probably do, like, it would have to be in a universe that was equally, uh, like, you you might be able to get away with this in the Lord of the Rings universe. Oh, well, those movies are just plain boring. I'd say that they already did. You can say that they had character <laughs> development. I'd say they had character well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying is that you could like you could do one now that explains how some random thing and people will go see it. I guess just because it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I think you could probably shoehorn a Marvel movie in there that's like nothing but awesome action that yeah. has no character development and it would probably make uh, half a billion dollars. Yeah. So, well, good on Disney, man. There, they they've got the winning formula. They got all the. The properties and and stuff they they won't even need screenwriters soon <laughs> they don't even need actors <laughs> no that's actually kind of frightening i mean you also probably read that you know one of the x-wing pilots who rogue five or red five rather was cgi'd in so it's the same pilot in a new hope as in rogue one it's only like a brief moment but oh they use cg i, I thought it would they just took clips from star wars episode four. No, oh, maybe they did i one of the two they either cgi'd the face they t- just took plain clips but either way they tied them in but yeah you know with the use of uh, that much digital you gotta wonder you know how, how are they going to handle episode nine and carrie fisher yeah i don't even want to think about that <laughs> no but i mean there's I, I feel like within the Star Wars community, there's a like a overwhelming feeling of like you know let that be, <laughs> like I don't yeah, like, we don't I know what we don't hopefully there is a tasteful explanation for why she does not show up in the, right. the movie. All right, I mean they, they, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Absolutely right. So there's that we don't know how what she does in episode eight. We know she film finished episode eight, but. Um, you know, if she didn't die at the end of episode eight or... Well, maybe she does. Maybe she does and then problem solved. But, you know, if it, it would probably be very tempting on Disney's part to be like, well, you know what we can do? <laughs> we can just CGI her right in. We can have her going forever or we can kill her off. But um, I think that that would be a backlash in the Star Wars community. I think everybody's just like, figure something out, but don't don't CGI her. So I feel, I echo that as well. Although I, I, mean, bet, I wonder if there's some old people out there that are like, don't touch P3 
Peter Cushing's legacy. And here's this well, movie I, I, stomping I, all over it. Yeah, I think part of it is Peter Cushing died in the early 2000s, I think. Yeah, and, and a, a very old age. Right. So a little different. I think enough time has passed where you may not realize what's going on. Right. Um, but I also imagine that the estate of Peter Cushing probably got paid fairly well for that. I yeah, would hope that's, anyways. That's true. So anyways, yeah, that's 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 what I have to say about that. So what is your new ranking of favorite to least favorite Star Wars films? Oh my god. Um Well, I uh I'm gonna I'm I think I'm just gonna go go easy. Uh, it's, it's got a, it's four, five, six, seven, Rogue One, Phantom Menace, uh, Revenge and Attack of the Clones. So I, w- I would go four, five, six, seven, one, Rogue One, three, two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is very close to yours. Yeah. I yeah. just have a sweet spot for Phantom Menace. I know I'm the only one. Yeah. And I was thinking a lot about that cause, um, I think I internally asked myself that same question, and I think a lot of people would naturally just go with Empire, right? Because it's the it's the best one, and it, it is a really good movie. But um, I feel like, and we're gonna end this soon. But I feel like one of the reasons that A New Hope worked so well, and it's becoming less and less, is because they were able to tell a story by just referring to things we'd never seen, and so your imagination was able to fill in a lot of those gaps and create a much bigger story than that movie actually did. Um, whereas by the time you got to Empire Strikes Back, you had an established thing, and, and now you're kind of working within some rules you've already established. Um, of course, the trilogy and now Rogue One is kind of filling in those gaps that your mind had filled in, you know, all these years that that movie's been out. But that's, I was thinking about that the other day. And I was also thinking about like how all of the the little references that they made to things that we'd never seen before because it's just part of the story um, have not been as good in cinema as they were in my mind. <laughs> Weird, huh? Yeah, that's what comes with age. Right. Well, it's not just that I'm so clever and brilliant, but I think... You know, you create your own story, and as you watch that movie, that story gets larger and larger. And then when somebody comes and tells a different story, you're like, oh, okay, well, that was okay. But right. anyways, uh, so the question then uh, for the last few minutes here is, we already know we're getting a Han Solo, but are we going to get a Many Both and Spies movie? <laughs> I uh, don't think so. <laughs> uh, which would be the pretty much the exact same thing, except now they're stealing... Uh, shield generator codes or or whatever it was like what i don't know what, i don't know what they're gonna do next i imagine they are going to do a boba fett movie which i think could work if they like take it completely outside like within the confines of an established empire but for god's sake no darth vader no emperor uh stormtrooper sure some imperial like occupation and stuff and trying to do bounty hunter stuff um but but then is boba fett is he a hero and is he like dealing with the trauma of Attack of the Clones when he saw his father dead died? Probably. Or or is he just going to be a major villain within the Han Solo movies and not get his own movie? Because you're essentially doing a, a movie about a bad guy. I hope they don't put Boba Fett and Han Solo together. Oh, you just gave me a, a lump in my stomach. I bet you they are, right? Because in Return oh, no. of the it, No. It, remember, I mean there's was it Return of the Jedi where he's like Boba Fett, where's Boba? Like he knows it seems like he knows who Boba Fett is. Yeah, I guess. But I, I feel like he knows him more from like uh hearing about him than Yeah. Like I've, I always just felt like Boba Fett is a mercenary that is known if you're if you run in those mer- mercenary circles. Yeah, yeah. Smuggler circles. Like if you know Job of the Hutt, you've probably heard of Boba Fett. 
Right. Um, I, I agree. Um, and then, you know, do you, do you then, do you get an IG-88 and a Bosk movie? Those, those oh, I'm sure they'll make a bounty hunters movie. You know that would actually be kind of cool um, if they did like an anthology type thing. Uh, years ago, they wrote like the Cantina, like how everybody got to the Cantina, and then they wrote another one, like Tales from the Bounty Hunters, which were actually fairly decent uh, anthologies. Like, do an anthology movie of of the Cantina or of the Bounty Hunters or of something else. I don't know. What do, what do sand people do when they're not beating up Luke Skywalker? Or getting slaughtered by Anakin Skywalker. Right. And I'm not serious about that. But, I mean, does the well run dry or is there enough referential material? Or do they start creating new stories? I mean, do they do – do you ever um, read the Shadow of the Empire comic book or play the video game or any of that? Uh, I know of it. I almost – I no. All right, so they created like a whole new set of characters, and then it kind of like rode parallel with Empire Strikes Back. Um, but you had a whole new cast of characters. Um, do they do that ultimately, or do they take a page out of um, like some of the uh, uh, expanded universe books and introduce like the Hand of the Emperor and Grand Admiral Thrawn and all these? Doesn't other- Grand Admiral Thrawn appear in the Rebels show? I never I watched. Feel like. The Rebel show, so it's very possible that he did, but I don't know. I feel like I saw something on the internet or something like that. So, I don't know, speculations and such. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear, hear more over the next couple of yeah, years. Yeah, they're, 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 I'm sure they have a ton of ideas. I mean, yeah. they probably have people hired just to work on it. Just to think of ideas. Yeah. Do you remember that scene in Jabba's palace when that one guy did that weird thing? Let's make a whole movie. About why he well, does can, that. They can do like a whole movie set in between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. They could do probably 10 movies. I think that – actually, I kind of think that would be cool. But but then you, are you using you, – are you, you're not using main like saga characters at that point. You're just like – that would actually be kind of cool is to see like the rise and fall of the New Republic. That, that, mm. that would, and I actually kind of wished – as I thought about it more, more that episode seven would have had a little bit more of that because you're like, okay, we last movie we saw, we were going to build a new republic, and okay, we just destroyed it. Like, well, that's kind of <laughs> uh, wah wah. Uh, and then maybe something that kind of lends itself to the resistance instead of like, oh, Coruscant's destroyed. Now we're the resistance. It right. seems like there needs to be more to that story than, than that, and then of course the buildup of the first order and all that stuff. That would that would I, that would be kind of cool. Maybe I bet you that's what they're angling to. I bet you they put all of those little seeds into that movie just so that they can do some some stuff between uh, Jedi and Force Awakens that don't feature any of the main saga people that you would still be interested in because you saw it in one of the saga movies. How do the rebels, who we learn are essentially terrorists in Rogue One? <laughs> mm-hmm become the resistance yeah well i mean you could make that movie where it's like you know history repeating itself they all form a senate they all squabble nobody can agree on what they're supposed to do and that leads to the rise of the first order and then they're like oh damn it we're in the same situation again let's be resistance people that was those were the days we had a lot more fun (laughs) we agreed on more things back then Yupper doodle. All right, I think we've talked this one to death. So until uh, you know, there's another Star Wars movie for us to talk about. Uh, we are an X Men comics podcast. Episode eight, y'all, this year. Yep, looking forward to it. And then Han Solo, probably later in the year, right? No, we we get one every year. So I, I guess think that's it's 20, one every year. You're right. That's 2018. 
We get three Marvel movies a year and so far one Star Wars movie a year until until they get people used to the idea of more Star Wars films and then we'll get five Star Wars films a year. I think it'd be cool uh, uh, if they did a show, man, a TV show, like a Netflix show. Eight episodes, no saga people, just like stuff that happens in the Star Wars universe. I'm sure it's been batted around. I know George Lucas was talking about doing one before he sold the rights. It was going to be a live action I guess it took place before A New Hope, so it was like kind been, of just examining the universe. It'd have been bad, probably. But <laughs> but you know, Clone Wars wasn't bad. I that was his idea. Yeah, yeah. He just has to hire people to do all the work. He has, and then to, you you get good stories. You have to say like three. He has to say three words, and then get like creative, talented people to to write that idea. Right, exactly. Yeah, kind of so like I what think, happened with Empire Strikes been, Back. I think it would have been good. Yeah, he he is he is at at his best when he hands <laughs> it off when he's not in charge of it. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, great. Legion's coming up in 2017, so we'll be talking about that. Oh yeah, yeah. So is there? That's 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 a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all I got to say, Adam, about this movie. You. Uh, I guess our next movie is Old Man Logan. Oh yeah, looking forward to that. I uh, I really, really, really hope that it lives up to the trailer. <laughs> Boy, that would be amazing. I really, really, really hope that it just doesn't suck. Yeah, yeah, that was such a such such a good trailer, and and there's the chips are like stacked against that movie because the other ones have just been 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 so bad that uh, I, I got high hopes, and maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I should probably lower those hopes. If I can walk out of that movie and just say, that didn't suck, then I'll be happy. Yeah. I'm with you. So look forward to that. Was that March? I, February, March. It's pretty soon. It's coming up. So, all right, we'll be talking about that then. Until next time, my name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. And the Danger Room is closed. Crispy bodies by the door.